Thanks for logging on to PewterPirates.com, everybody, and welcome to another rendition of our podcast, A Few Extra Bucks, A Few Extra Takes on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Lutes and Sea Dog Brewing Company, two great locations in Clearwater and on the beach in Treasure Island. I'm your host, Mike Neighbors. The Bucks, oh, came so close to winning the third preseason game, but a late Detroit Lions score makes it 33 to 30, but so many positive things to get to. Let's check in with our voice of reason producer, Justin Thomas, who in our pre-show meeting, you sound very optimistic about this team, my friend. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's preseason. You don't want to get too excited, but I really like the execution of the starters. I think that's something to be excited about. Good stuff from you. We'll weigh in with you later. We uh, could not do this without our voice of reason, Justin Thomas. Let's bring in our Buccaneer insider, our MVP, uh, co-MVP with Justin, uh, Roy Cummings. And, and Roy, we were at the game last night uh, watching it together from the press box. Uh, a little late start, my friend, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, just a little, uh, like 59 <laughs> minutes late. So it turned out to be a late night for us. Yeah, that's all right. You know, it's part of the job, I guess. Exactly. Well, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, make sure you got some sleep today and that we're well rested for the podcast. Let's talk about, uh, you know, the final score to me is uh, – doesn't mean anything. What means something is the way Ryan Fitzpatrick played early in that game, coming off a sluggish performance against the Tennessee Titans in the second preseason game. He completed his first six passes, had an eight-play, 66-yard drive uh, to open the game, and then had another scoring drive after that. Ryan Fitzpatrick was asked after the game to characterize his first three games of this preseason. Yeah, I mean, I think I got out of preseason what I needed to. You know, I, it wasn't always clean or crisp, but uh, the, I feel comfortable now going into the season with the work that I got. And he was also asked about, uh, you know, the preseason as a whole, the ups and the downs, and this is what he had to say. You try not to try not to overreact, whether it's positive or negative in the preseason. You know, it's people aren't really scheming you. You're not really scheming them. And um, but, yeah, it, it's nice to go out there and complete some passes and move the ball a little bit. You know, Roy, what you love about Ryan Fitzpatrick is he sounds the same during the week leading up to this game, uh, after this game where he played well, after Nashville where he didn't play so good, and after Miami where he played well. Uh, you know, say what you want about the guy. You know, he doesn't have the arm that a lot of quarterbacks have, but he has the attitude and he has the even keelness I'll make up a word of a guy you want to step in for Jameis Winston in those first three games. Yeah, he's a veteran, and I think he, you know, he's a guy who gets it. He understands that, you know, you can't put anything really at all into one quarter of play in a preseason game, whether it's good or bad. It's all about, you know, at the end of the day, what you've got to do is you've got to have a whole compilation of uh, of work there. And you know, if you if you've played the preseason throughout the preseason the way. Ronald Jones has, you got reason to be worried. If you play it the way Ryan Fitzpatrick has, you got a reason to be confident, but uh, you still have a lot of work to do. You can't just settle on that and say, okay, we're good to go here. Uh, it's always a work in progress, and uh, he's, he's a guy who understands that. He's been around. Uh, it's Like I say, there's, there's a lot of savvy in a veteran, veteran voice like that. Well, the quarterbacks had something in common against the Detroit Lions. How about they were all great? Uh, you had Ryan Fitzpatrick, then you had Jameis Winston come in, go four or five 
uh, lead a 10-play, 66-yard scoring drive, a great dime to Chris Godwin, uh, a great play there, great touchdown score. Then you had Ryan Griffin step in and continue his great preseason. I would have liked to have seen Ryan Griffin with the ones, but we didn't get to see that as much or at all. Uh, but all in all, the quarterbacks in this preseason, Roy, uh, six touchdown passes, no interceptions. Here's what Dirk Cutter said about his quarterbacks after the game. Our quarterbacks are doing a really good job of uh, making signals or checks at the line of scrimmage to get us in the right play. I mean, unlike Ronald Jones, they got a linebacker out there covering him. Uh, they signaled it. Uh, the, the guys are just doing a nice job. So we're, we're able to package some things together based on what defense we're getting. And uh, the quarterback, it, it really starts with the quarterbacks getting us in the right thing. And then all three of those guys are throwing the ball uh, on the money. And then we got guys who can make plays. You know, you can say what you want about this football team, Roy. And one of the big storylines going into training camp was the instability at quarterback. I think you got to feel good about these quarterbacks now after three games this preseason. Yeah, I don't see how you can't. Um, at, at this point, uh, believe it or not, I, I think you could plug any one of those three in there and feel confident that you're going to get uh, uh, the kind of response you're looking for and the kind of execution you're looking for. Uh, everyone has played exceptionally well. I mean, just when you think that uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing very well, all of a sudden Jameis Winston comes and outplays him. And then uh, Ryan Griffin comes in and uh, finishes off victories for you. So, you know, I, look, I, th I don't think there's any question the Bucks would have won the game last night had Ryan Griffin finished off the game. They brought in Allen and uh, didn't quite, ha quite have it. But, um, boy, for the top three – Right now, you got to say that position's a strength. And, and who would have thought we, we would have been saying that at this point uh, when training camp started? But right now, I believe it. you got to say right now, quarterback is a strength of the Buccaneers uh, just based on the way these guys are playing. And, and you know what? Yes, you can look back at history, judge it on that, a lot of different ways, ways to gauge it. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, you go by, with how they're playing. And right now, all three of those guys, as you said, playing exceptional football. Well, another guy who's been your guy – in the offseason, before training camp, running back Peyton Barber, uh, five carries, 34 yards, averaging 6.8 a touch and a touchdown in that first drive. Uh, I thought Dirk Cutter, who, like a lot of head coaches in the NFL, keeps things close to the vest, was very honest in his assessment about Peyton Barber afterwards, including why he pulled him. Peyton's done a nice job, and uh, we had initially planned to play him a little bit longer tonight, but he looked so good on that first drive, and you know, you do start getting a little bit paranoid the closer that you get. And, uh, you know, especially with, with our offensive line, again, being a little banged up, we decided to, to pull him. And I, I just told Peyton that uh, I thought he'd done what he needed to do tonight. And, and uh, you know, from now on, we'll just, we'll just be getting him ready for the ones. One and done for Peyton Barber. Uh, you know, just continues to play well, Roy. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that Dirk mentions that uh, – you know, you get a little paranoid there. Look, he knows he's got he's got a starting running back on his hands, a good one, a guy who's feeling it, uh, doesn't want to lose that. And, you know, when Ronald Jones isn't running the way you expect him to, you've already lost Charles Sims. Quiz Rogers seems to have just doesn't seem to have the, the juice that he once had. Um, you got to protect yourself. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, Mike, to see the Buccaneers pick up a running back here off the waiver wire, not wow. maybe not this week coming up, but certainly after the final cuts are made. Um, I think they're starting to feel a little bit concerned about what they've got there. Um, you know, we've seen some other players step up, some young players. They could stick with that, but I think I think the, they just may pick up a veteran uh, if somebody's let go out there. So uh, watch for that just because 
right now, I, th- I think they feel that they're, they're very obviously very confident in Peyton Barber, but I don't think they're too confident in what they've got behind him. Well, looks like, according to a lot of published reports, you are correct because uh, running back Terrence West, a veteran who was in Saints camp, it looks like the Bucks are more than taking a look at him. So Ian Rappaport had that this morning as the Saints look to be keeping Jonathan Williams as the guy to replace Mark Ingram in those first four games. So maybe a guy like Terrence West could be in a Bucks uniform very, very soon. Well, man, a big reason. I'm out there, so uh, there you have it. Yeah. A big reason the Bucks, you know, have running back concerns is Ronald Jones continues to not run the football with any authority that they had hoped for in this preseason. I know it's a preseason, but he did catch a nice pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Here's Dirk Cutter on Ronald Jones's performance in preseason game number three. You know, we haven't been able to, to get him loose in the running game, but he's been working hard on his on his uh, receiving, and that was, that was good to see him because he, he can't get behind the defense. And that was a nice play by him, so that was good. And... You know, any struggles that we're having getting Ronald going has nothing to do with his effort or his learning. I want to make that clear. Ronald, Ronald's doing fine in that area. It just, uh, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't been clean so far. He's, he's had some good practices, and uh, I think he's going to be fine long term. Roy, is that uh, dirt cutter code for he's no Jeremy McNichols, but we're still concerned? Uh, in a way, uh, I think what it means is, look, there's a lot of elements to a rookie developing uh, especially in his first year and getting to the point where he's earned the, earned the opportunity to be out there on the field uh, on Sunday and that in a couple of areas in terms of learning the, uh, the system, uh, learning you know what it takes to, to be a pro in this league um, and, and effort, that he's doing fine. It's just a matter of the execution hasn't been there. And for whatever reason, we've all seen it. Uh, I think the Bucks are just as concerned as anybody else, and rightfully so. But, you know, sometimes it's interesting, you know, when a baseball player is in a slump, when a hitter's in a slump, uh, a lot of times he'll just he'll try to bunt to get on, get, get on base for a hit. You know, he's 0 for his last 23 or 2 for his last 23. Sometimes they'll just try to lay down a bunt and see if they can, you know, surprise the defense and, and get on base that way. Um, this was not a bunt last night, but it can act like one. One good play uh, can sometimes spark – just a whole new mindset. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what the sport is. Confidence is such a big part of it. And I think, you know, for me, um, in my utterly valueless opinion, uh, you know, I, I, when I watch Ronald Jones, I see a guy who's not running with authority, which means he's not running with confidence. I think he needs to get some confidence. And I think this play last night could give him a boost of confidence. Hey, you can play in this league. You can make plays in this league. It's just a matter of everything kind of coming together for you and, and you making it happen. And, and I think uh, this play could spark uh, the Ronald Jones that the Bucks were expecting to see. We can all hope so. Uh, and I think that was part of what was, you know, part of the play design was, you know, let's get this guy going at least in another facet of the game. And I'll tell you what, what else is good is with Charles Sims down, if Ronald Jones can be a weapon in the passing game the way he was last night, uh, that's going to suggest that, well, there's your third down back, and that's going to get him on the field naturally, which is going to get him – confident and comfortable and that can lead to good things in the running game too so uh, to me one play and this one play is it could lead to a, a, a big turnaround for Ronald Jones yeah to me the really one of the more fascinating things in sports is all of these guys dominated every level of athletic competition in their life so they're not used to failure for the most part uh, you know dominated prep uh, 
football, college football. But when they when they don't dominate, I think mentally it plays a little game with them a little bit. So you got to get them a little success to remind them of the success they've had in the past, and hopefully they build off it. And you made some good points about Ronald Jones. Well, listen, I, I got to give Bucks fans credit. You know, you and I were watching from the press box, looking at the fans, even in the upper deck after an hour rain delay. Obviously, the crowd suffered after that, but a lot of diehard Bucks fans were still there. But if you got up for a restroom break or to get a beer at halftime and you got up with seven seconds left in the first half, you missed the play of the game. The Lions line up for a 62-yard field goal attempt short of the uprights, and the missed field goal was returned 109 yards for a touchdown by Adam Humphreys. It, it was reminiscent to me of the 2013 Alabama-Auburn kick six play that really uh, did in Nick Saban in Alabama that year and turned things around for Auburn. We, myself and Roy Cummings, talked to Adam Humphreys about that play after the game. You know, obviously it was good, you know, to get the timeout and, and go out on the field and be able to get that rep. And, um, you know, as soon as, you know, I, I saw the ball kicked, I knew it was going to be short. Um, I don't know how long the field goal was, but, uh, you know, it was, it was good to, you know, just have the defensive guys um, on the field blocking for me. And, uh, you know, I, once I got past the first wave of guys, I knew I could, you know, outrun the rest. So it was good to, to get that rep in and, uh, you know, score. Looked like you kind of broke the first tackle. And after that, you had a, a lot of nice blocks in front of you. Was a lot of nice side? blocks, man. A lot of nice blocks. Um, you know, we, we don't get a ton of work at that, but it was good to, to see those guys, you know, working for me, blocking for me. I know they just came off a long drive and I know they're tired. So it was good to, you know, see, see Quan and, you know, Levante, Gerald, JPP, all those guys, you know, still blocking for me. It's not something they regularly do, but that was cool to see. What's the longest uh, return you've had before this? I know I had the same thing against Carolina uh, to end the season two years ago. I think I got tackled around their 30-yard line. And then I think uh, that same year I had a punt return touchdown. But this is, I mean, by far the longest. I mean, you can't get any longer than 109. <laughs> Roy Cummings there with Adam Humphreys after the game. He's pretty calm about it, Roy. That was a, that was a fun play to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was, I mean, that may, hey, that was worth the price of admission. And I think we all know that uh, the admission to uh, – preseason games is ridiculously high, uh, but that was worth the price of admission. I think anybody who was at that game, man, and you know what? Actually, the attendance just rose as a matter of that. Yeah, I was there when uh, Adam Humphrey yeah. said that 109-yard uh, uh, return. <clears throat> that was fun, and and he's right. You know, they don't get a lot of work on that. I mean, they do work, obviously, on special teams in training camp and things, but you don't – they usually don't – you don't see a guy, you know, bring it back 109 yards, certainly off a missed uh, field goal attempt, so – uh, that was different, and it was fun, and it was part of a really good day uh, for the Bucks returners because uh, Sean Wilson, uh, five returns, kick returns, 133 yards, 26.6 average, 39 was his long, so a uh, really nice night for him as well. I think the Bucks figured out a couple of things last night in terms of uh, you know what they could do with special teams. Now, I think it was also part that the Lions were trying to obviously work on something, um, and if that was the case, uh, well, <laughs> I think the Lions have a lot more work to do on their return game, uh, or at least their coverage units, because the Bucks really uh, did a great job returning the football last night. Speaking of special teams, how about Deshaun Jackson returning a few punts? Too? Yeah, right. And I think we can see that going forward. Um, you know, I think Adam Humphreys is their guy primarily. Um, but you know what? That speed is something that can't be denied. And in certain situations, uh, I think they'll turn to Deshaun Jackson to see what he's got. All right, let's jump to the defensive side of the football. I know one of the big concerns was the, the pass rush uh, after the, the second preseason game, but the Bucs get three sacks li- last night. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, the rookie, rookie safety. Will Golston gets in there with the sack, and then your guy Gerald McCoy 
who just continues to have a great preseason. And it's going to be so much fun to watch him with this revamped defensive line going at full throttle once the real stuff starts. Yeah, Gerald McCoy has really played exceptionally well this preseason. Uh, been one of the real standouts on defense. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's what you expect from a six-time Pro Bowler. But uh, he just looks like he's really on it right now. Um, he's, he's actually got – well, he's, he's got two sacks to his credit, but there was a sack that he had taken away from him because of a penalty uh, last week at Tennessee. So he could have three. He's, he's had a, a bunch of tackles. Uh, he's just playing very good football. He had two quarterback hits last night uh, to go with the uh, to go with the sack. So, uh, you know, good for him. I mean, he's he's just playing very well, and that's a sign that you know you get better players around Gerald McCoy, which was part of the idea this year in the offseason. Is you know let's build up around this guy a little bit better, uh, particularly on the interior. And gee, look what happens: your best player on defense becomes your best player on defense. Well, for all intents and purposes, uh, the preseason is over for so many because that fourth preseason game coming up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're going to see a lot of uh, second and third teamers just trying to make this roster. But I got to say, this roster is hard to make than recent memory, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. There's a lot of talented players um, at the receiver position, uh, at the uh, running back position, uh, for sure. Um, Perhaps even defensive line. Um, who guys who may not make it? Uh, I could see Will Golston getting cut. He had a he had a, a sack last night and played pretty well. In fact, he played a lot last night, which is an indication that they're trying to give him some tape. Uh, maybe a trade happens with him or something, but uh, we'll see how the injuries uh, set that up. But uh, at running back, you know, there's there's guys. That look, uh, now, yeah, that's a big now, now Charles Sims makes a little bit easier of an equation, but um, you know, uh, a guy like Jaquiz Rogers could be let go. Um, certainly at wide receiver. You're going to have guys who look like they're good enough to play in this league not make it on this team. Bobo Wilson could be one of them. We'll see what at Watson could be one. So um, some of these guys that have really stood out here in the preseason and played well, uh, there's a good chance they're not going to be part of this team because, you know, you look at the guys who you know are going to be part of the team. Mike Evans continues to shine. Deshaun Jackson played better this year. Uh, Chris Godwin has been a beast. Uh, boy, you, it's hard not to predict great things for him. And, uh, you know, tight end's another spot where you could see some guys uh, maybe get let go. I don't think Alan Cross is going. Um, Anthony Auclair, you know, could be on the on the bubble a little bit, but we'll see. But um, these are good problems to have if you're the Buccaneers. Definitely. We'll delve into more of what we should expect in the fourth preseason game in our next podcast. But right now it's the moment Roy Cummings and our producer Justin Thomas have anxiously anticipated. Yeah, baby. It's our three and out. Three questions for Roy, and we are out of here. And Roy hasn't seen these questions, and we like to mix it up. A little fun, a little substance, a little bit of everything. Roy, are you ready for three and out? I'm always ready, man. Okay. All right. Here's your first one. Uh, The biggest winner of the preseason, would it be Peyton Barber or Chris Godwin? I'm still going to go with Peyton Barber. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and the reason is, look, I I don't think Chris Godwin is doing anything right now that people didn't expect. In Pete yeah. Barber's case, uh, I still think there's a bit of a surprise there for some people that, that didn't quite see what the Bucks saw when they first brought him in as an undrafted free agent uh, two years ago. So um, to me, it's Peyton Barber. Look, I, I'm sure that when the Bucks started preseason uh, and started training camp, 
the game plan was to have a committee approach at running back with Ronald Jones, with Quiz Rogers, with Charles Sims, work those guys in. Nobody was going to get any more than maybe a dozen uh, snaps. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, what happens is Peyton Barber proves that he should be out there, you know, getting 20, 25 touches a game. And uh, he just very well may. Uh, that's, the, that's an indication that he can be a bell cow type uh, every down back. And I think the, I don't think the Bucks. I, they always thought he could be that. They weren't prepared to make him that just yet. But right now, I think they feel confident that he can do that. You wonder sometimes these running backs, and you see it over and over again in the NFL, they're mid-round picks, even even last year in New Orleans with Alvin Kamara, guys who weren't used a lot at big-time schools. Kamara was at Tennessee. You wonder if Peyton Barber had more opportunities at Auburn, you know, if he would have been a higher draft pick. And, and Bucks obviously get a diamond in the rough there. All right, our second question in our three, and we're out of here. Who has the most approved now moving into the regular season? <laughs> Vernon Hargraves or Chandler Catanzaro? Wow. I still think it's Vernon Hargraves because Chandler Catanzaro has a, you know, has a resume and it's pretty good. I mean, just last year he was 29-29 on uh, PATs, his, uh, his, his field goals. He was a little bit – wasn't quite as strong as you'd like him to be in the 40 to 49 range, but still overall – a solid pro, um, maybe not a spectacular pro, but probably better than what the Bucks have had previously. So I think he's okay. Missed one last night. It, that one just didn't seem right. I think there was a bad snap, maybe a bad hold, um, maybe just he, he slipped on his approach. Hard to know, but um, uh, on that PAT miss last night. So, uh, but still, he's got two. Uh, you don't like to see that, but again, you know, maybe he's getting him out of the way now. As for Vernon Hargraves, you hope so. Yeah. <laughs> As for Vernon Hargraves. Look, he still hasn't played at the level the Bucks expected him to. This is the number one draft pick, uh, 11th overall, uh, arguably the best cornerback in that draft two years ago, and right now the Bucks just haven't seen it. So um, I still think the pressure's on him, and one of the reasons is he's got competition behind him, competition that's looked pretty, looked pretty good for the most part, even though Carlton Davis and uh, MJ Stewart have fought some injuries. Um, he's got pretty good players behind him who are hungry, and play a little bit different style, a little bit bigger. And uh, it's a very important part of this defense. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's very important that this secondary plays much better than it did a year ago. If it doesn't, the Bucks are going to be in trouble. I'll say this about Hargraves. You know, last night I thought as a whole the defense bended but didn't break, had some nice stops in the red zone against Detroit. And Hargraves had a few of those stops, especially on some third downs. So that was good to see. And I love Hargraves' attitude. We had him on. If, if you haven't checked out our PeterPirates.com site, we have a lot of video wraps, and we had a one-on-one with Hargraves. Did, didn't have any problem answering any question, accepted the criticism, was motivated by it, in fact. So I think it's a good sign for him moving forward, too. Yeah, and I said before, uh, and, and you're right, you know what, it's worth going back and looking at that if you haven't seen it, uh, folks, because uh, I, I detected from that a much more mature Vernon Hargraves. I think he came into the league very cocky, very confident, um, in his ability, and I think the mistake he made, um, and there's nothing wrong with being cocky and confident. You just have to be able to show it uh, on the field. I think the problem that Vernon Hargraves had was I think he came into the NFL thinking, hey, I'm going to be able to make this transition. I was this good uh, at Florida playing against the SEC. The NFL is a bit of a step up. I'm going to be facing the best guys all the time, but I was always the best when I was facing the best anyway. Um, and then he found out, you know what, it doesn't work that way. So um, I think that's the issue with him, and I think he's realized that over the first couple of tough seasons for him. And I think he's just a more mature, humbled 
player. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons you that you're hearing better things out of him. And as you said last night, seeing a little bit better out of him as well. And, you know, with Brett Grimes getting up there in age, just maybe his last season and having the young bucks like, uh, you know, Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart, and you have Vernon Hargraves mature, that bodes well for the secondary moving forward. All right, our last in our three, and we're out of here. I'm going to give you a fastball down the middle, my friend, because I know it was a late night, so I want to appease you. I have a Beatles question for okay. you. All right? Okay. I like it. If you had to drive cross-country with our producer, Justin Thomas, and, you know, Justin would be an easygoing guy. You know, he wouldn't be high-maintenance or anything. But the, the one problem you guys would have is you have to listen to one Beatles song over and over and over again from Florida to California. You have to pick one Beatles song, Roy Cummings, and you have to listen to it repeatedly. What would it be? All right. This is a simple answer. Really? In my opinion, in my, again, utterly valueless opinion, which, by the way, is a Beatles reference, and I challenge anyone to find the movie, you know, where was that quote from? Uh, anyway, <laughs> the best driving song ever, in my opinion, yep. is Running on Empty by Jackson Brown. Oh, Right up there at the top, right along with it, is Day Tripper by the Beatles. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go off the tracks there, but you came back to no, me. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, you got to give credit where credit's due. The best, yeah. best drive. My opinion, again, utterly valueless oh. opinion. Uh, best driving song ever is Jackson Brown running on empty. But number two, right behind it. In fact, maybe on the same level as it. Day Tripper by the Beatles. Justin Thomas, do you have a driving song if you had to pick one off the top of your head? Any band going, going or the Beatles. The- no, any anything could be anything. Oh man, that's tough. That's a tough one. I don't know. I can't think I'm, of one. I'm sexy and I know it. Wild <laughs> <laughs> true, no, yep. that would not be my song. <laughs> I like the wild true. Yeah, it's good. You know what though? <laughs> I, I like mixing pop culture and a few extra bucks. You know, we're not we're not just one dimensional guys. Maybe so that we can, should be we your theme song, Mike. I'm sexy and I know it. Maybe. Uh, hey man, around <laughs> playing that. That's, that's that's something to ponder. I had a buddy of mine who ran the 15K recently and for Gasparilla, and I asked him his go-to song, and that was one of them. So I really? said, you know what? You're keeping it real, my friend. There you go. Is that what he Perfect. listens to when he's running? That was one of his That was one of his big ones. It just kind of motivated him to wow. finish the 15K. Hey, so, whatever, you know? whatever keeps you going, man. I, I'm going to put running on empty, though. I like that. I like Jackson Brown. Yeah. Big Jackson Brown fan. Well, listen, uh, we, we touched them all there. Uh, Justin, we leave anything out? Well, I know y'all keep y'all said it many times that the Bucks have had three great quarterbacks this preseason playing well, and it kind of makes me wonder with the Saints struggling to find someone to back up Drew Brees, maybe even take over the reins when he retires. Do you think that they're uh, kicking themselves for getting rid of Ryan Griffin? I think they've been looking for Drew Brees' replacement for 13 years, Roy. And Ryan Griffin, to me, I'm not going to fault the Saints because there wasn't a place for him, and they thought Garrett Grayson, a guy they picked in the second round, was going to be that guy. But uh, you know what? I will say this, Roy. Ryan Griffin has done a lot for himself this preseason moving forward. He did a lot for himself last preseason. Yeah, that too. Justin, I think you might hit me on to something. I think they're probably looking back and saying, look, we did the right thing for for the organization at the time. We don't regret it, but at the end of the day, you know, it's looking like Ryan Griffin's going to be the better player. So, and then we, you know, that may change, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think there's a little bit of regret there, just a little bit, and thinking, hey, you know, we had this guy and we let him go, and uh, but they probably knew what they were getting rid of when they uh, when they let that happen. So, 
Um, right now, they're just hoping that Ryan Griffin doesn't have to come back and beat him on opening that opening day. <laughs> that would be the best irony ever. You know what's funny though is, uh, you know, you see a lot of former Saints go to the Bucks, and one guy the Saints wish they hadn't let out of the building, and Sean Payton has said this was Cam Brate. Yeah, that's another one. That's another. Yeah. One. That's a that, that, that's a good podcast right there for maybe opening week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about all the guys. Yeah. Well, even Devontae Harris had some plays last night. Yeah, he he's a guy that scared me. Though he was a big part of that terrible Saints defense. He was. was. I mean, I think they made the right decision, but he he had a a nice pass breakup last night. Yeah, he's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of corners to me. He has been playing on house money for a long time. The fact that I mean, I like Devontae Harris. He's a nice kid and all, but the fact that he's still in the NFL, he should be proud of himself. I mean, he is Mac. That's a guy who's maximized his ability. But uh, as Roy said, I think we need to. uh, we have so much ammunition coming up for the Saints and the Bucks previews. We're going to bring in some uh, riders from New Orleans, too, so that's stuff to look forward to on a few extra bucks. Well, listen, uh, Justin Thomas and Roy Cummings, uh, I appreciate you guys. Sure. And we appreciate you, Mike. <laughs> okay. I'm sexy and I know it, right. baby. <laughs> We're going to bring it full circle. Well, listen, we'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Sea Dog Brewing Company. Please subscribe to PewterPirates.com. If you haven't, it's free. And we have all kinds of segments, a rookie diary with MJ Stewart, got a minute, a fun segment where we ask Buccaneers as many questions as we can in one minute. And I got to tell you, we're going to debut OJ Howards this week. He answered the most questions of any buck in training camp. So a lot of good stuff, a lot of good video wraps. We wrap up training camp and we'll do it during the regular season, previewing and recapping games. The most extensive video coverage you'll find on any Buccaneer website. Plus we have our few extra bucks podcast. So For Roy Cummings, for Justin Thomas, for our sponsors, I'm Mike Neighbors. Thanks for listening.